The things to consider when choosing a DJ for your LGBTQ plus wedding. Actually, you can use this even if you're not part of the LGBTQ plus community. I've been doing this for 16 years now and I never thought of the tips that were mentioned in the interview. You'll thank us later for sure. Leo Tolstoy said, Music is the shorthand of emotion. That is how important it is for you to find the DJ that's right for your wedding. Someone that you actually connect with. Welcome to the How to Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. If this is your first time listening, you should consider subscribing because this podcast is the wedding guide with a SoCal vibe. We're talking inspiration, trends, hot topics, and more. Southern California is the wedding capital of the world, and I invite all of the top SoCal wedding vendors in the show. Don't go anywhere. The interview with BB Keyless is coming up. And just like what they say, if we're getting lost. Hey, BB. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Paul. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh. Happy Valentine's Day. I, <laughs> when, when, you, uh, when you schedule this interview, I'm like, I guess they have plans for dinner then. Because that's... <laughs> we uh, have- yeah, nine years in, we don't have many plans. It's just watching Netflix kind of thing. You know, you, you, we don't have money to spend at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Stella and I don't really celebrate uh, Valentine's Day either because it's... Sometimes we get like an opening at a restaurant. We're like, "Oh crap, it's open. Let's go." You know, stuff like that. But because I want to take advantage of like the free dessert or something. Yeah, like absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I want to thank you for being on the show, and I really appreciate this. Especially it's Valentine's Day today, and I know you're busy, so I really appreciate this. Thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. So before we start. Uh, let's let's break the ice and um, so that the audience would get to know you a little bit more better. Uh, so tell us something about yourself that they'd probably be surprised to know about you. Uh, well, I am actually an avid uh, exerciser. I recently, about a year ago, started uh, Orange Theory workout plan, and I have gotten myself up to about five to six times a week. Um, so I, uh, try to get out there and, uh, get some sweat going quite a few times a week, which looking at me, you might not know, but I'm trying. <laughs> I can actually see it. So don't worry. It, it's, it's going to take some time. Believe me. Right, right. <laughs> I'm still in the process. Too. <laughs> right. It's a process. That's for sure. I'm actually trying to get into jujitsu. Oh, nice. Because I have friends that have lost weight. And I, I, I've always wanted to get into it because it's like, you know, self-defense yeah. and stuff. It helps you at weddings when a DJ doesn't want to let you place the bag behind them. You're like, what? <laughs> Actually, if I remember now, um, one I did one wedding before, maybe like 10 years ago, that the groom and the groomsmen had a fist fight inside oh. the bathroom. Oh, wow. Before grand entrance. So... You know, we walked in, we're like, guys, stop. And then we just, 
there was like a shoving, but they didn't shove us. So they, they were okay, but they were like super drunk. And then during the reception, uh, half of the groomsmen were gone. They went home. <laughs> so, wow. So it was great. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure it was an interesting wedding guy. Yep. So, okay, now that we've known a little bit about you, tell us your origin story. I'd love to know what origin stories are. Sure, absolutely. So I've been DJing for over 10 years now, started off um, in the bar and nightclub scene, then gradually progressed into private events and weddings, which is what I do full time now. Uh, I specialize in high energy, super fun weddings, and I'm also an LGBT wedding expert. So I love love and I love making sure that your wedding is the absolute best time it can possibly be. So I like to combine those two and that's definitely the forefront of what I do. They can, that's cool. Uh, you know, I've I've known you for a while, and it's just every time I see you, I there's this energy that you bring, and I I really appreciate that. I it's always inspiring. I actually wanted to tell you that I miss you know the videos that you post because. Whenever you post something like that, it always like inspires me to post my own. So I'm like, oh, oh no, I need competition. Well, that means that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm actually starting up those videos again. So hopefully in the next few months, I should be working on releasing some more content. So I definitely fell off that uh, content train. It's it's a lot um, harder than it appears to get. You oh, know, yeah. even a minute's worth of video. I'm sure you know probably better than everybody else. Uh, but uh, I fell off that train, but I'm definitely realizing the importance of getting out there and being in front of my clients and uh, sharing my expertise with those clients in a way that a lot of other professionals don't do. So I appreciate that. And you can look forward to some more videos soon. And I look forward to more of your videos as well. Oh, man, don't don't bet on mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I know you're so busy. And um, the important thing is you have content out there and the content that you you shoot out are really, really good. Like it's not the typical, oh, you know, let's have a nice wedding inspiration. You know, it's just, <laughs> just like really honest and really helpful for people who are planning their wedding. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and I think that's the key. I think that's what people don't understand is that, you know, weddings aren't, they, they're pretty on the day of the event, but beforehand they sometimes can be not so pretty. And there's a lot that goes behind it. And if um, you can't sugarcoat it, you have to just be completely honest with people sometimes and let them know, you know, you can do it that way, but I've seen it done that way. And I, I know that it's not, it's going to work better this way. So it's really a matter of if you want to trust my expertise, um, a thousand weddings in, or if we want to go with your thing, and I'm sure yours is going to be fine, but you know, you have to be able to, to keep it real with clients and let them know the possible, the possible outcomes one way or another. I think it's because also, uh, we're just like what I, I was telling you, what we were talking about off, off the interview, I was saying that, you know, we're in SoCal and we get all the different tiers. Like we get super luxury we get luxury we get mid Absolutely. and then you know the, the low budget so it's it's like a great mix of everything that we don't really want to handle the bs anymore of the whole <laughs> the yeah. whole you know price shopping and blah 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 so we the, I, I think that that's important is we're honest with what content we shoot up because we want more than anything we want to be able to bring them into the right direction right Absolutely. And you're so right with Southern California being such a diverse area for weddings is you're right where you have backyard weddings and you have uber luxury weddings and everything in between. 
Um, and it's a matter of educating clients and letting clients know that, you know, I, I respect you and the fact that you uh, have $5,000 max budget on this wedding, but you have to bring a realistic, you know, your budgets down to, to reality and be a lot more realistic with your decisions and understand that, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice on certain things. But, you know, if, if you have a higher budget, then yes, things, or if you are flexible on your budget, then you might be able to acquire things uh, that are more fitting to your dream. But it's really definitely a matter of being able to, to let people know that sort of thing and being able to point them in the right direction. And if somebody says, hey, all I have is, you know, $700 for your DJ saying, listen, I'm not the one for you. But, you know, hey, here's somebody who's just starting out who's willing to, you know, do this um, and letting them know that, you know, they can find that price, but it is somebody who's newer and just setting their expectations up for, you know, if you are willing to accept the fact this person might not be perfect, then absolutely. But if you want perfection, then you're going to have to be willing to pay for that level of expertise. I love that. That's exactly what we do, too. Be, whenever we our, our couples can't meet our budget, we just we just send them to someone we know that, and we trust. Like, we're going to be like, oh, you know, they're lower package, they're starting out, but we could almost guarantee you that they're going to give their 100%. And that's right. that's what's important to, to me is people just giving giving it their best. So since we're already talking about this, I know that you have, in a short span of time, you've had a lot of weddings on your belt, under your belt. So what are the common mistakes that you see couples make in their wedding planning process? Um, a common mistake I see couples making in their wedding planning process is um, uh, putting a lot of restrictions. Uh, I mean, from a DJ perspective, is putting a lot of restrictions on the DJ per se in terms of music and being really focused on the do not plays more than they're focused on what is going to be played and the fact that they have a diverse crowd. Um, and I think that's uh, one thing that a lot of people can end up shooting themselves in the foot with is they're so stuck with, I hate Bruno Mars and I don't want Bruno Mars, but inevitably all of their guests are going to be requesting, you know, Uptown Funk. And it's like, you have to let people know that, you know, I hear you, but you have to have some sort of leeway because you're dealing with 200 people that all have a different taste. That's more than likely as much as you're their friend, it's probably not going to be identical to what you have. That's a great point. I, I mean, also, um, People, sometimes we want to get silly on the dance floor because it's a wedding. We want to have fun. Like, I don't normally listen to Backstreet Boys, but when they play it at the wedding, I'll, I'm there. Like, Absolutely. The one, the one song, I don't know what, I don't know what, about you, but the one song that brings me to the dance floor is Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh, every time. Every time. I mean, I, and I, I tend to play that like almost 100% of the time at my events. And you would think I get sick and tired of it. And I don't because it's fascinating to me to see the response to that song uh, and how people get excited uh, about it. And they know all the words and, and really all age groups. I've seen, you know, people in their 80s dancing to that. I've seen eight-year-olds dancing to it um, and everything in between. And it's amazing how that works. And I think that's what people don't understand about music is that at weddings or events like this, what people want is to sing along and they want something they're familiar to. So while you might like, you know, a certain indie band, um, you have to be very careful with where you play that band, because if you're trying to have a rock and dance floor and we only have two hours to do that, you know, you wanting to play this song could totally sacrifice your dance floor for a very long time. And, and it could potentially ruin your wedding. And, and you might, yes, hear that one song, but that one song could sacrifice so much. So I usually tell people like, you know, is it worth that much to you? Is it worth, potentially killing your dance floor and only having you two dancing to it. And if that's the case, yes, let's keep it. And if not, 
let's be a little more open. Let's make it cocktail or dinner instead of on the dance floor. Um, because, you know, it's a precious time that we have to, you know, it's, it's valuable and we have to make sure we maximize every moment. Yeah. I, I remember at our wedding, uh, I told my DJ, okay, the, the no playlist is uh, cha-cha music because we're Stella and I are both Filipino and you know what happens at Filipino weddings. The older people they want to do is cha-cha. I'm like, I want like ghetto hip hop, you know, just gangster music. And after a while, no one was dancing and the DJ just started playing cha-cha music and everyone started dancing. Right. And I love that because we always tell our couples, you know, you're paying us so much money that, And this is our job. Our job is not only to film your wedding, not only to DJ your wedding, but make sure that people are having fun. Make sure we're capturing everything properly. So it's our job to make sure that happens. So leave us to do our job. Like you're paying us so much money. You need to trust us with everything, right? Right. And leaving it to and, and trusting our expertise that we that we're filling in the blanks that you might have missed. So while, you know, you personally might hate Cha Cha, you if your guests like it and that's what it's gonna take to get people on the dance floor, we have to do what we have to do. And it's the same with group dances. Like you know how many couples are like, Oh, I hate Cupid Shuffle, but sometimes you gotta throw a Cupid Shuffle on because that lightens the mood, it gets everybody out there, it gets people dancing that don't know how to dance, and then you can just roll with it. And I've seen couples who have been that way and then they're out there doing it. And I'm like, You see, you said not to play it, but it works. So it definitely it, it's a matter of them trusting our expertise and, and saying, Hey, listen, we're not doing this to hurt you, we're doing this to help you. Um, and, and I think it's something if it's discussed properly in, in the prior consultations to the event, then uh, it can usually be executed pretty nicely. Exactly. And I, I love that you're, the energy that you bring whenever you talk to your couples and you make sure that they have, they're in the right direction, right? I, I love that. So now that, um, well, I want to say that you're a rising star in the industry. You're not, you're known for not only just in the LGBTQ plus wedding sector, but also as one of the top female wedding DJs in in the state. Absolutely. So, wh- where do you get your energy from? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's, I really love what I do. And I think that it, it, that's, probably what has driven me the most in terms of making sure that I'm successful in my, in my career. Um, also being a woman in a male dominated industry, I, I have another drive that's kind of like to prove to guys that, Hey, I can do this. I can, if I, I can do it and I can do it better than you. And I can do it to the point that you're going to be asking for my advice on certain things, because, you know, as a woman, it's very prevalent for people to say, Oh, the DJ, he and him. And then you show, I've shown up to events and then the audio people are like, yeah, talk to me when the DJ gets here. And you're like, I'm, I'm the DJ. So it's like, I I've dealt with all of that. And that's something I've really has driven me to make sure that, you know, I'm the best DJ I can possibly be. And also that, you know, I have female DJs that work for me and I, and I encourage them to, you know, be the best that they can possibly be as well. So that, you know, the world can see, um, what females have to offer. But uh, with that being said, I also respect male DJs and there's some really amazing male DJs that I work with and, and, and they're amazing too. Um, but really, I think it's, it, that has been my, my driving uh, factor there. Um, and, you know, just having a love, I've been kind of always a music nerd. I living in LA, everybody loves movies. And I've always like, I've been more into listening to music than I've ever really been watching movies. So just that love for music and wanting to you know, educate and, and just show music that people might not have heard before or might have forgotten about is something I really enjoy doing. And that's one of the things like I do every Monday, a music Monday on my Instagram. Um, and it's for, you know, people's own knowledge. It really is for me to just keep current every week. So I have a reason to look certain things up and I learn 
some amazing things sometimes that I'm like, oh, that's super cool to hear about or to learn about that I would have never known that that was the origin or how certain things came to be. And it's amazing when you think about things that are so, you know, you just sing it, you don't think about it, like, you know, like the body Oz in September and everything like that. Like all these things have, you know, stories behind them and it's amazing. So the love for music and, and just the sheer determination to prove myself in an industry that uh, tries to prove me differently um, is definitely been what's kept me going. Yeah, I remember when it, whenever we're together, like we're, we're at parties and stuff and someone talks about a certain era of music, your face changes. Like I could actually see that your face lights up and you're like, oh, who's talking about music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I absolutely do. I do. Um, the same way with movies. I'm, I'm more, more of a movie nerd, but I, right, yeah. I have an extensive music um, database, I guess, in my head, but I, I'm more of a movie movie buff right okay. yeah and i mean i mean i appreciate that absolutely go ahead so um now i i want to ask you since how, how many person how much percentage would you say that you do lgbtq plus weddings uh percentage that's interesting you know um i would say it's probably 60 40 i mean it could even be 50 50 i really do try to keep a pretty even box. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a member of, I always say that, you know, I'm, I'm a very proud member of the LGBT community, but I'm also, you know, I'm more than that as well. So I, I don't like to necessarily put myself in a certain box of saying, hey, this is the only weddings I'm going to do. So I do try to keep a pretty diverse portfolio, but I would say 60, 40, 60 LGBT, 40% um, of um, other, you know, weddings. So, um, I, I, I'd say it's pretty it's, it's pretty fair square. Okay. Well, so I, I the reason why I, want, I asked you that is because for those who are LGBTQ+, who are planning their wedding, what do you think are the must-haves for weddings like those, if there are any? But before you answer that, I really want to talk about the Facebook group that we started that is exclusively for couples who are planning their wedding. No wedding vendors allowed. Actually, there'll be a few hand-picked ones to moderate, but they're pro, so they won't be nasty. That way, you can really be honest and ask any question. We can talk about budgeting, venues, tips, tricks, recipes. You can even vent about your mom. No judgment. Only request is, be nice to everybody. Our goal is to help you plan a wedding, not regret having one. Alright? Just click on the group's link in the show notes and we'll hope to see you there. Now, what was your answer to my question? The must-haves for LGBT we LGBT plus weddings. I would say definitely understanding vendors is super important. Um, uh, you know, allies, if you will, vendors that regardless if they're gay or straight um, are going to be able to go with the flow and understand, you know, that... Um, you know, that they might see two women kissing or two men kissing, or, you know, it might be a different crowd. There might be a drag queen or something that, you know, might be there that might not be out of the norm. And they should be able to embrace that instead of scowling. And I've done events. I mean, really when it was first legalized, like I did events sometimes where I would see people like staring at the cake toppers that were two guys and just shaking their heads and just like scowling at certain things that people did. And thankfully that's shifted a lot um, through the years and things are a lot more people are a lot more accepting nowadays especially in california um so things have have shifted gears a little bit but there is still definitely those vendors out there who are you know 
they are maybe a little strict in their religious views or do things like that. And those vendors, I think you definitely want to steer clear of because they are going to make your wedding planning a lot more difficult and also not understand your, your true vision. And I think that's really important. And I mean, if you can find LGBT vendors, that's super helpful because they will def definitely understand your day. They've probably been there before they're in a relationship or have been in and, and they can understand the caveats and family dynamics. But with that being said, um, LGBT weddings are also very similar to, you know, uh, heterosexual weddings. So it's, it's, you know, not too different. So I don't, I don't want people to, you know, think that there's these crazy differences, but you have to be prepared for slight differences um, and have people willing to uh, accept that and be willing to roll with that to summarize all that. Okay. That's good to know. I, I didn't even realize that, you know, having LGBTQ plus uh, friendly wedding vendors might help a little bit more because you know yeah I, i didn't realize that that's so cool okay so now that we've talked about that i want to ask you since we're <laughs> we've we talked earlier that we're usually last in line when it comes to bookings when whenever the couple approaches us what are the tips that you can share to find the right wedding vendors because i'm sure When the couple books you, you go through the list of the wedding vendors, you're like, oh. at least for me, I'm like, oh, crap, I should have just recommended someone else or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So what, what tips would you, would you say to couples who are planning? Well, I definitely do your research. Um, so the biggest tip that I can give couples who are planning their wedding is to research your vendors first and get an idea as to what you're looking for before you set your budget. Because if you find, you know, three or four vendors that you're like, hey, I really like their style. I really like what they're doing. See what their prices are and then set your budget from that because that's going to be a more realistic expectation as to what you're going to be paying versus you going in saying, well, I only want to pay $500 and then realizing that your dream DJ is $2,500 and now, you know, you're like, what do I do? And you're so stuck on a number and not the experience. So I would say that the first and foremost is focus on the experience more so than the price. Uh, and then once you determine what you want the experience to be and have that price determined, you can kind of go from there. But in terms of finding DJs that really fit your personality and, and you know, speaking of LGBT DJs and, and things like that, um, you know, representation matters. And when you're looking at people's websites um, and you're looking at their Instagram and just seeing what they do, I think you'll be able to get a, a pretty good idea if, if this person um It's cool with, you know, um, gay weddings or, or not, you know, if, if you see that they have, you know, um, you know, a gay couple or a lesbian couple on their website, then, you, you know, you can say, okay, look, I see me there. But if you see that there's only one, you know, place just kind of slapped on there and you can obviously tell that, you know, you know, you can tell certain people aren't trying very hard or certain people just don't have any at all. And it's just like, you know, uh, something that doesn't represent you at all. Um, and it's, it's a very tough thing, but I think just doing your research and, and looking at websites, Instagrams and seeing the vendor as a whole before necessarily making that decision. And then of course, meeting that vendor in person and asking, you know, the hard questions. And I mean, if you are planning a wedding and, you know, you have, you know, you're going by pronouns that, you know, might be, um, not what that vendor is used to saying, you have to be prepared that they are able to adjust their pronouns. You know, if you're going by they and there, you have to make sure that that vendor is not, you know, going to be calling you something else every five minutes. So I think research is definitely key, but, um, 
representation is super important. And I think there are some vendors out there that really make a point to make sure that when you're looking at their website, it, it feels like an equal level of, you know, hey, here are heterosexual weddings and, and here are, you know, you know, same sex weddings and, and everything in between. And it just feels like a natural progression. And then there are some vendors that I kind of see um, frame a lot of stuff as like, you know, novelty and like, oh, yeah, look, here, here, here's a gay couple on a, on a pedestal that can't, you know what I mean? And it's just like they're trying to like, show it up like hey look at me i'm, I'm cool like I, I have a gay friend and i think that it's very obvious so just doing your research and making sure that the vendor has your best interest in mind and it's not their best interest to make sure that you're feeling a, a, a slot in their portfolio is, is super important when, when you're planning that from an lgbt standpoint um, and then from a dj standpoint just weddings in general um making sure that like i said your your budget is according to the style that you're hoping for and then finding the djs that match that and then meeting the DJs and being 110% honest in terms of, of how much control you want over your music, how much flexibility, and, you know, how much uh, you want that person to, you know, DJ. If you want them just to play tracks back to back, let them know. Because if that person's coming in, they're like, frickin' frickin' Frank Sinatra, you know, it's not going to work for you. So <laughs> definitely research, research, research. Okay. Well, now <laughs> I, I remember um, whenever... I work with a DJ that uh, refuses to have us plug into his system. I oh. automatically know that the DJ's a low-budget DJ because, right. well, number one, they don't really have enough experience working with videographers. And number two, they probably don't have the money to pay for equipment that are broken. Because right. every time they're like, I don't want you touching my stuff. I'm like, I'm just putting a recorder in i'll you could put it in i i don't have to touch it but you know so that the reason why i asked that is, is because i was wondering for because you get what you pay for right and you're not you're not a low budget dj for couples who want to get a dj exactly like you especially the ones who aren't in california or who aren't in the u.s what advice would you give them to how to search for someone like you apart from like you know, you said research, right? Is there like a more intricate way to look for the DJ, like like exactly like you? Well, I think um, you ask for mixes, you know, see if they have any YouTube videos that shows them, you know, speaking. It's hard for a DJ, unless you have a crew that's recording you, it can be hard for us to have videos of us in action. But that's one of the reasons I do those videos, uh, those tip videos for couples so they can see me talking and then I'm comfortable on a microphone. Um, but, you know, I have a lot of couples that want to ask me for uh, mixes or they want to ask me for reviews and things like that. Those are super helpful um, in determining things. But following them on social media, you know, a good DJ, you'll be able to tell a good DJ um, based on, on what they're posting and, and watching their Insta stories and just kind of seeing if, if you like their vibe. Um, and if you feel what they're doing is genuine, you know, if you see that every video is, you know, the Cupid Shuffle you know, maybe have some questions like why is every video that that same song? But if you see that person is doing something different, um, you know, or is really making a point to be honest or if that person's on the video saying, hey, nobody was dancing tonight and here's why, you know, that that's something to look for um, a knowledgeable professional that that is is putting their themselves in their career and you at the forefront of everything is definitely what you need to look for, because somebody who doesn't care about you is, is it's going to be somebody who, you know, 
it's all about aesthetic. It's all about them in front of turntables and, and all this other stuff. And, and, and you're going to be able to tell between somebody who genuinely cares about your wedding and that process versus somebody who it's all about them. And they just care about being like the next, you know, Diplo or something like that. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Now, um, it's, that's actually a good point because to be honest with you, for me, it makes me feel weird to, although I, I am friends with my couples, it makes me feel weird to cross the line of, cause I've seen, I, I see a lot of wedding vendors that become more than a vendor. They, they're like super friends and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like for, for the couples who don't get that kind of service, I, it's, it's something that I, I, I'm trying to like distance myself, but at the same time being friendly, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that kind of relationship that some wedding vendors have with with their couples and the like the professional, like super professional relationship? Um, I, I I agree with you. That, that's definitely a blurred line uh, for me too. In the planning process, I try to keep it very professional with clients. There are some clients that I'll remain friends with uh, mainly through social media. I definitely don't have a lot of clients that you know I, I end up like we're going to dinner and everything like that all the time with. Um, and that's just it's it's really just because I want to keep a level of professionalism, and I, I always feel like you know it's it's just one of those things, respect of their space and everything like that. I have people who all the time invite me to go to their after parties and like they, they want to keep in touch. And for me, I, I do try to keep that. Like, I, I don't want to walk in and now their whole family and friends are like, who is this random? Was that the DJ at your wedding? You know? So it's like, it's one of those things, but I do see, I mean, I see a lot of photographers, especially who just are like buddy, buddy. And they're like going to dinner before the wedding even happens. And they're like, Oh yeah, this is my best friend. And they're sitting there, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's fine. But yeah, definitely. Um, it can be a little interesting too uh, on the day of the event too, because you have this professional persona and you're looking at this like, no, this is my client and this is their special day. And they're looking at it as they're like popping Cheetos in their mouth or something, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, like the cheese from the cheese platter. Uh, and they're like, oh yeah, no, these are my buddies. I'm fine. So it's interesting. But um, I'm of the opinion that you should keep a very professional relationship with you and your, I mean, friendly, but professional. Like you can, chat you can be realistic you can go to your client and say you know hey are you having a good time you know this and this and and be able to be comfortable with them but you also have to be able to handle your client coming to you and saying hey can you switch this song because i want to hear this song right now and this person's leaving and i really really want this and if that's a bride or groom coming up to you and saying that you know i i want to be able to turn it off and, and and please them uh you know when they want or or vice versa if my dance floor is packed i want to be able to tell them Yes, I'll absolutely do it. But can you just give me two minutes for this song to run out? Because everybody else is loving this song. So can you just like work with me? And you have to be able to have that rapport. Um, but also, you know, not be offended that that person's asking you to cut the song. You know what I mean? If that yeah. kind of makes sense. Okay. So um, I guess my last question. Well, not not a question. But I was wondering, is there any other tips that you could share because i know I've, I've seen your videos and watched your videos i've i've read articles that you that that are written about you and i know you have a lot of things that you want to share what is like the most current issue that you want to address like is there a, a, any current issues about wedding planning or looking for a dj in particular that you want to address to the couples um I think my most important thing to stress to couples nowadays uh, would be what I touched on a little bit before, which is is just 
budgeting according to demand and, and what you want and making sure that you um, have all your desires and, and wants and needs written out and, and, and you can afford what you want. Because, you know, I, there's a lot of times that I know people generally want to want to work with me and I generally want to work with them. And they're just so dead set on their number that it just doesn't end up working. And it's sad for both of us because I want to work for you and I know you wanted to work for me. And at the end of the day, I know you're going to end up with a DJ that's not going to care nearly as much about your wedding as I would have. And so uh, I think that's, it's just one thing I would, I would, I would really like to stress the clients is, um, is just making sure that you understand that planning a wedding is not cheap and to have something that's really amazing is not cheap. Um, but it's a once in a lifetime thing and you know, you'll recoup those funds and it's, it's, it's going to be okay if you splurge a little bit right now to make, to make your dreams happen. Um, and then just on a, on a little sidebar to, um, just, modify your thinking on Spotify is what I want to tell every couple like Spotify is it's a great invention and it's amazing but when it comes to your wedding it is never going to be able to read a crowd um, and to be able to keep your dance floor going like a DJ will a DJ is physically reading your crowd feeling that energy and mixing music accordingly and Spotify is going off of a list or a computer generated shuffle option um, and it's never going to hit it where you need to hit it. So I, I appreciate and I love Spotify for what it is. But for your wedding, please have a human being <laughs> controlling that music. Uh, and, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, that's perfect. Well, last question then. I have la a last question. How important is having an MC at a wedding? Oh, yeah. Uh, that is actually more important than I think a lot of people realize. I mean, a, a good MC, especially somebody who's going to be able to capture your guest's attention and um, keep them entertained, but not being overly cheesy. And I mean, there are some, I mean, there's, it's a fine line between somebody who's like, Hey, everybody. And then somebody else who's just like, all right, guys, so right now coming through the door and they're not even like looking at you. And I was at an event the other day where they did a grand entrance and, and he did the grand entrance and he's like, okay, everybody let's give it up. And then he said the person's name and then that person didn't come. And he's like, okay, uh, where's so-and-so? Does anybody know where so-and-so is? All right, one more time. And that is something that should have never happened. So, you know, an, an MC is definitely something that's super important um, and is going to make or break your event and how your guests feel. Because if your guests feel like they, they can trust that master of ceremony and that that person isn't going to let them down and that that person generally wants to have fun, they're going to genuinely want to have fun and it's just going to affect your whole entire evening. Um, and, and also at the end of the day, just to make sure that you don't have to worry about it and that you have somebody else in charge of keeping that flow, um, you know, even in addition to a wedding planner, the two of us, an MC and a wedding planner work side to side on a wedding day uh, because they're on the back end making sure it works. And here I am on the front end. So it's super important to make sure that that flow is, is correct and that your guests are feeling the energy of the evening and, and it's it projected onto your dance floor. Yeah. Cause I, I remember when we work with uh, some DJs that don't have an MC and they're not used to talking at the microphone they're like okay everyone let's get ready for <laughs> and i'm like uh do you want me to just grab the mic and i'll do the announcement right right so that's that's a great point and i love that that's your answer because we're on the same page for that yeah absolutely absolutely so we that's it we we've known each other for so long now and you are one of the rare people who just non-stop hustle and i admire your zest for your craft 
And well, you, you too, Paul. You too. You're amazing at what you do. And I, I watch you. some of your videos sometimes and I'm like, I'm choking up and I, I'm at weddings every weekend. It's not easy to get me to choke up, but I mean, you do some amazing work as well. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you just like what I was saying, you you always push me to do stuff. That's why I'm always looking forward to, you know, those those videos that you make. And to be honest with you, I always feel relieved when you're around because that means I don't need to be hyper at a party. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I will gladly take that on. No problem. No problem. So thank you so much, BB, and all the best to you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. Happy Valentine's Day and send my love to Stella. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's the interview, and I hope you learned something today. Feel free to reach out to our guest if you have any questions by clicking on their link in the show notes. This episode of the How to Wedding Podcast is done, but be sure to hit subscribe to our podcast to keep you up to date. Share this to someone who'll need it and join the Facebook group to keep the discussion going. See you next time and don't forget, if we're going to get lost... <laughs>